Hey everyone, welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. I'm Loren, and I will be interviewing some of the top leaders and innovators from the dance and acrobatic industry. If you are a teacher, performer, student, or a lifelong learner like myself, you are sure to find these episodes intriguing and full of inspiration. Acrobatic Arts is passionate about providing current and relevant information for everyone. So please, sit back and enjoy as we share our passion with you and the world. In this episode, Wendy Holmquist reminds us how important it is to support our dancers' emotional well-being. Let's listen as Wendy provides essential mental health tips for dancers and ourselves. I'm so excited to be here today to talk on mental health tips. The stigma around mental health is finally ending, and we can now openly discuss many topics, but we still have a long way to go. And you joining me here today is just one more step in opening the door to communication and the pathway to mental well-being. Depression, eating disorders, anxiety, and suicide are at all-time highs for today's youth. The 24-hour access to social media and the potential of bullying, the filters to beautify, the need for instant gratification, social and economical inequities has compounded the struggles of not only today's students, but of their educators as well, whether it be in the classroom or in the studio. It has never been more important to find a healthy lifestyle balance. In training dancers, the focus for generations has been on the physical being. Almost never until just in recent years was when a dancer was injured, was their effort put forth to address the emotional distress that the dancer would experience, which sometimes remained long after the physical injury had healed. Now, most of us are familiar with the great feeling we get from spending time on the dance floor, from weddings, holiday parties, to aerobic classes, dance lessons. Moving our body often does a lot to lift our mood. It turns out there is a scientific explanation behind those mood-busting moves, and there are ways that we can use dance to improve our mental health. The benefits of dance are supported by many researchers. Dance improves your heart health, overall muscle strength, balance, coordination, and reduces depression. These benefits have been seen across a variety of ages and demographics. And aside from the benefits of movement and music, dancing, acrobats, cheerleading, gymnastics, all allow us to become more connected and social. Making new friendships or reconnecting in an old relationship can be a wonderful side effect of dance. These social interactions can go a long way in improving mood and mental health. And so as educators, we promote these benefits when advertising for new clients. And while all that is true, it is also important to note that being in an environment where there are different levels of natural ability, learning styles, body size, shapes, children will naturally compare themselves to others. And that can lead to insecurities, self-doubt, and a whole host of negative behaviors, which unintendedly, us as teachers, can add to these unhealthy feelings by our choice of words and actions which we use in a class. So let's start with some tips on how we can protect the mental health of our students. As the studio is quite often considered a very safe place for many students, and sometimes we have a better connection with them than their own parents, it is important to take an interest in every child and making coming to class welcoming. 
So try starting your classes at five minutes at the beginning, just to ask each student to share something about how they're feeling and how their day has gone. Try to be very specific with your question so it's not too open-ended and try limiting the number of words they can use in their answers to keep the allotted time you have set for this activity. This will bring a personal connection into the room and it also builds connections around the person as a whole instead of their whole identity being tied to a dancer. Dancers are more than just technique and the more they can learn about each other, the more we can support and embrace each other's differences and strengths. And to help that, celebrate the achievements of your students, not only in the studio, but outside of the studio as well. Maybe someone does paintings and has won a contest, or a student plays a piano and got asked to perform at a special community event, or another volunteers in the community and is being recognized for over having 100 volunteer hours. These also help to share the diversity of the students in your studio and help them embrace that they are more than just a dancer. Dancer is not what defines them. Refrain from comparing dancers to each other, and we've all done it at times. But dancers are already very aware that Susie is better at X, and when the teacher reinforces this, it can lead to lower self-esteem for them. So instead, provide suggestions, acknowledging the effort, of the things that went right and anything positive about the skill or activity that they were working on um, with a positive corrective suggestion. Turn the situation around for the dancer with praise and encouragement. A student learning a pirouette or aerial may only focus on the failure of not achieving the skill. Their fear of being judged and failing can deter them from trying new things. And at what comes to failure, it can sometimes be catastrophic. Teach your students to embrace the journey of their goals. It is okay not to succeed every time or the first time. And as a teacher, lead by example. Let your students see when you don't know an answer to a question or how to do something. Be honest with them. Because when they can see the person who they look up to is not perfect or always right, it takes away some of the self-imposed expectations that they have put upon themselves um, that they always must also be right. And it gives them permission to explore and tackle challenges outside of their comfort zone, knowing it will be okay if they don't succeed right away. Teach them to enjoy the little successes that come along the way. Remember that ladder, we go up one rung at a time and successes come one step at a time. Give them challenges to work on that are fun, something to look forward to, opposed to something to be dreaded. And that brings us to our front of the room dancers, that child or the dancers who always have it all together. They learn quickly, they have great extensions and amazing turns. It's really easy to praise these students, use them as your demonstrators, but it is important every student feel seen and validated and that they are also important. Spread compliments around and sometimes it can be challenging to find a compliment for every child in the room. But there are ways to provide that same praise to a child in the back corner. Maybe they just danced with amazing passion or they got the rhythm down just perfect. And you know how your eye can always drift off to that error in the room. And until that error is fixed, you see it every time. Well, take notice when it's not there anymore. Because maybe that child finally got it. And that deserves some acknowledgement at that time. And on the flip side... Your amazing students who are always your demonstrators are always bestowed your praise, 
the first time it's not there can send them into a crisis. What did they do wrong? Why didn't you tell them they did good? And they start to question their own ability because really lots of times their own self-esteem hinges on that continuous reinforcement. So spread the love around. Work with your students to mentor each other and become goodwill ambassadors within your community. Doing good, learning to be empathetic and give of themselves provides a euphoria of all its own. And my studio, um, not last year, but the year before, we had 72 competitive dancers ranging from seven to 19. And we split the group in half from youngest to oldest and placed the names of the younger half in a box and each of the older students drew one of their names. They were then paired together through our competition season, roughly about four months. We laid out some guidelines for them that they would learn five things about their partner, attend at least one of each other's practices and attend as much of each other's competition performances as they could. We photographed the partners and shared them with our studio family and friends. And we weren't really sure how these older students were going to embrace getting to know these younger ones. Um, the younger ones were extremely excited to do this. But it only took one young dancer to show up at 8.30 p.m. on our first competition with a handwritten note and a carnation for her senior dancer to create an amazing ripple effect of support and love. And I was never, never prouder of the bonds that grew throughout our studio, reaching into all classes, siblings, staff, and their parents. Another time each class in the studio was provided the resources to create posters about helping in the community. And before beginning the posters, we talked to the students about how blessed they were in their own lives and how important or how fortunate they were to have dance and to have empathy for others who were less fortunate. And from our two-year-olds to our graduating seniors, every single class lived up to the challenge. They collaborated and created amazing posters. And from there, we collected new and used donations for about a month. And this was at the height of last year um, when our registration was almost half of what the previous year had been. And we collected enough uh, donations to make substantial donations to four charities and two seniors homes. Both of these activities developed new friendships and an appreciation for what they have in themselves. And it opened the door for them to learn and accept each other's differences and, and understand where they were coming from. And it just was, it was a really great experience and boosted the atmosphere in the studio for months. Now, outside of the classroom, we become confidants second moms or dads. And it's a teacher's nature to nurture, inspire, provide guidance and support and so much more. Our students become our extended family. The trust that children put in us some, is something to revere and not take lightly. These children hang on our every word. And sometimes you may find yourself in some real emotional situations. And while you would like to have all the magic answers, it is important to remember that we are not mental health professionals. Now, when our students come to us about more serious situations, absolutely take the time to listen to them. Create an open door policy for them to come to you. But then the responsible action is to guide them to the appropriate help. You may, if you're comfortable, offer to be present when they speak to a parent or guardian or the authorities if the situation is serious enough. But for your own protection and that of the student, Never promise to keep a secret if you feel their life or a life of another is in jeopardy or if what they are speaking about could be illegal. And on this note then, there are some behaviors you should adopt for yourself. 
it is hard to not be on the clock 24 seven when you think of your students, staff and studio. These thoughts can sometimes creep into your personal life and cross the boundary of work-life balance and intrude into the precious time meant for your own children and spouse. Dance instructors, cheerleaders, acro coaches, gymnast coaches, um, everyone that's here today, we all give so much of our own family time working evenings and weekends, often missing out on our own children's sports and school activities. So when you leave the studio, you are off the clock. Your personal phone number and social media is off limits to parents and students unless they are personal friends. But dance issues should be off the table in any social settings. In my own personal life, my one weekly activity that I set aside for myself was with several friends whose children were enrolled in the studio. It got to the point where I almost quit because conversations continued to revolve around the studio and I didn't get that downtime to recharge that I needed. I was fortunate my sister also participated in this activity and spoke to my friends about it. And although it was a little awkward at first, we regained that carefree chatter that adult women enjoy when getting together. Yes, every now and then dance creeps into the conversations, and sometimes I am the guilty party who brings it up. But my friends respect the boundaries and my need for a non-studio outlet, and we are quickly back on track. And aside from the boundaries you set for yourself, remember that mental health well-being and your physical well-being are tied together. So it's important to look after the whole of yourself. This does not require to be extensive. Memberships to gyms and yoga clubs are not necessary. But by all means, if this is your go-to outlet, go ahead and enjoy. The same can be said about spa treatments, vacation getaways, chocolate and wine. These are all wonderful, can be a short reprieve from the everyday grind that is wearing you down. But as soon as the wine is gone and the bills from the vacation roll in, you are right back where you were if you aren't practicing your own mental well-being on a daily basis. And it really is quite simple but you have to make yourself a priority. So schedule time for yourself to go for a walk. Schedule the time. Schedule time to meditate if that's what you enjoy. Eat well. How many of us hop um, out of the shower in the mornings, get the kids out the door, make lunches, check some emails, do a little bit, then grab a coffee and go out the door without having breakfast. It really is important to manage your diet well, healthy and balanced. Get plenty of sleep. Sometimes that's tough, but it's important also to maintain your sleep. And I bet none of this is new to you, but it is important to reinforce these important things. Chase your dreams. If you have a dream, go after it. Nurture hobbies that are outside of your studio. Remember, you are a person that is more than just a dance studio owner or acro teacher. So nurture those other hobbies. Enjoy nature and those you love. The studio and your students are only one piece of the pie that makes you whole. And if that is the only piece of the pie that you focus on, you will not be your best self. So learn to delegate and let go. And another little story, as myself as a studio owner, it took to getting involved with acrobat arts where I physically had to leave the studio for training and exams for several days at a time that I figured out that I could actually leave the studio and it would continue to function without me being there every single day. And now I know that if I need a day or two to recharge, I can take it. And delegate at home. You do not need to be the one and only super mom. If the kitchen is a mess because competition ended at 10 and you didn't get home until midnight, go have a relaxing bath and get some sleep. It will still be there tomorrow. 
Engage your family in the household responsibilities. They live there, they should share. And if you can't leave things undone and can't afford to hire someone, hire them to clean, manage your yard, do some weekly pickups for you, whatever you need. You work hard and if spending a little of that money is to make life easier and free up time for the important things in your life, do it. On Facebook, there's a group called the Elephant Journal and it lists seven habits of happy people and practicing kindness is number one. And I talked about that when we talked about the group activities I did in my studio. Being in the present, leave the past behind and live in the moment. You can't change the past, so don't let it monopolize how you are living the day. Appreciate the small things, sunshine, a nice dinner, the giggle of a child, your puppy dog, right? Take the time to actually acknowledge, listen, and enjoy those moments. Live simply. We have to all understand that more material things do not equal more happiness. And prioritizing what matters. And right at that top of that list should be yourself and your family. Everything else should fall in line below that. Owning it. Take ownership of your own happiness. Because really, you are the only person that can make yourself happy. If you're waiting for other people to do things for you, you may not ever fulfill those dreams and happiness that you deserve and embrace failures because from those we grow we learn we get better so make sure that you don't um, punish yourself or be down when you don't succeed at something but you learn take the lessons from it so there may be times when you need to seek help for yourself life throws us lots of curveballs and as much as we would like to think we can do it all we are after all only human now, there are a bazillion locations that you can find help for dancers' mental health and well-being. Articles, studies, social media sites are at your fingertips. All you have to do is type in dancers' mental health and dancers' uh, well-being. And in our environment, it is very unique to others because at the end of the day, no matter what or how our students perform, they will be judged. Helping them learn to navigate that is a huge responsibility for us and will go in will shape how they will go forward in life. And so to quote Youth Mental Health Canada, let's make mental health the priority it deserves. We value our lives and the lives of others. And when we take health and needs seriously, everybody is better. Thank you for the wonderful presentation, Wendy. If you know someone that could benefit from hearing this podcast, please share it with them. Let's do our best to support our dancers as well as each other. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.